welcome to the latest episode of Can You See Me? Women Leadership in Race. I am Yolanda Johnson of Beyond Measure LLC, and I have the pleasure of sitting here today with Professor Laura Dorsey. Professor Laura Dorsey um, has taught for University of Phoenix yeah. and uh, continues to teach for University of Phoenix, correct? Absolutely. Yes, and um, she is also retired, <laughs> although she's teaching and she is an entrepreneur in her retirement now and um, kind of by way of Long Island, Detroit. She's going to always represent Detroit, right? And um, and in most of her years before retirement, you were in Florida, correct? Yeah. So she has now moved from Florida to the DMV. So she is here in the DMV, and I get to sit down with her and talk to her and we're going to find out a little bit about you. Okay. She'll talk to you all a little bit about her professional journey and her career in finance and in education and you know we're going to talk about that we're going to talk a little bit about transition and what that looks like because you are at the peak of transition right now right absolutely and um and then we're going to just kind of talk a little bit about like some challenges that you may have had as a uh, professional woman and we're just going to go from there and let it flow okay then. is that, that okay that sounds great to me okay so, Professor Dorsey, talk to us about what you have done and what your professional journey has looked like. Like, what spaces have you been in? Well, my professional journey actually started in the finance industry. Um, and while well, I was in Detroit, remember we represent in Detroit. Yeah, um, I worked for <laughs> Comerica Bank. I graduated from business school and went straight into Comerica Bank. Um, they asked, they offered me two options: did I want to be a teller or did I want to work in the office? And in my mind, I watched too much television. I saw, I saw the teller getting robbed, and I'm like, okay, no, that's not going to be me. I'm going to work in the office. You, you decided to work in the I office. I decided to work in the office. Um, I worked in the office as a securities trader. And when I started that title, I really didn't have a clear-cut idea of what a securities trader was. Um, but I soon learned that um, I was going to be a black woman in the stock market industry which was a unique anomaly all by itself. Mm-hmm. So as a securities trader working at the bank, you don't necessarily need a Series 7 license. Um, most of my clients were trust department clients, so they're trust account babies. So people who had money, who needed their money invested and actually needed to make sure that that happened, we worked in the operations area. So if you wanted to buy 100 shares of stock, you would call us, we would buy it take care of the brokerage fees and do all the financing and back-end paperwork for you, whatever. Wow. How long did you stay in the finance industry? I stayed in the finance industry about 17 years. Wow. Um, I rose from the rank of a clerk when I first went and graduated from school. And when I left Comerica, I was assistant vice president. Wow. So let's just pause right there. So that's huge, right? Because, um, you know, starting out as a clerk and then working through the ranks, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, I talk a lot, a lot about leadership yes. and what leadership looks like. And even, um, the fact that leadership looks like, um, looks different at each level, right? But it can also be at any level. Tell me about the, your leadership journey from being a clerk to being a VP. 
you know, the leadership journey from being a clerk to being a VP was exactly what you said. It was about what you look like. The first few years I worked at the bank, I, I was a rebel. I was 20-something, and I was going to be independent. I wasn't going to wear the navy blue suit and the white blouse and the pumps <laughs> or whatever. I was, I was in Detroit, okay? And I, I was going to wear yellow and purple and orange, and I was going to do whatever it is that I wanted to do. My hair was honey blonde, and I thought I was related to Diana Ross. I was on a roll. And I wondered why I couldn't get a promotion. Yeah, I came in early, worked late, took all the extra classes, couldn't get a promotion. And that's where a mentor came in. Napoleon Bonaparte actually mentored me, and he showed me an article from the Wall Street Journal that talked about what you look like spoke volumes above what you said. Wow. He took wow. me shopping. He took me, you shopping. He took me shopping. I wonder, were you wearing like neon yellow? Oh, yeah. Like, I was wrong. I was wrong. You, I was you, wrong. You were wrong. I got a navy blue suit. I got a black suit. And I got a brown suit. Um, my hair got dyed uh, a good color of blonde. I pulled brown. I pulled it back, put on some glasses, went to work on Monday, and no one even knew who I was. The transformation wow. was that much different. And in the dress, he said, he bet me that in three months, you're going to get a promotion or else I'm going to take you to dinner to the most expensive restaurant. And I like a good restaurant. And I said, you might as well make reservations. I haven't had it all this time. Uh -huh. A month and a half after that, my boss came to me and said, we have a supervisory position. We wonder if you're interested in it. And I just went real crazy. And I looked at him. I was like, I know you're not talking to me. And I've been applying. He said, I'm just waiting for somebody to look like they wanted this position. Wow. So does that speak to, like, dressing at work for the position that you want versus the position that you absolutely okay. is what it speaks to. Okay. Okay. That's absolutely yeah. what it speaks to. Mm -hmm. And he was looking for someone. And there were five or six of us, all my friends, and we were all in the same age, and all were probably inappropriately dressed <laughs> now that I know that you know, uh -huh. at the same time. But he was waiting for somebody to step up and to look like they wanted to be management material, supervisory material, and normal. Okay. I ended up having to take Napoleon. Wow. But once you got on that track and you understand that there was a game and how to play it, oh, every okay. two years after that, I got a promotion from supervisor to manager to officer. Right. I got transferred to California to run their wow. division in California. All about, all about looking the part. Now, I'm still smart. Don't get me wrong. That's what I was going to get to. Yeah, you know, unfortunately... Right now, there are a lot of like corporations and stuff that's being called to the carpet because of the way that they treat women. Um, maybe we wear our hair natural, right? And you know, and all of that kind of stuff. But um, there is still nothing wrong with professional attire and professional look. But even though you changed your professional outward appearance, you still had the skills that came with that. Absolutely. And how were you able to build your skills? Was it through mentoring and through taking other professional development courses? How did that work? I did both. You know, okay. um, Napoleon mentored me a lot. Um, a lot of the personal skills that it takes to be successful. He's like, you never let them see you sweat. If you got an, if you got a problem, you come in my office, close the door, kick, scream, or whatever. But on the outside, 
he was called the Ice Man because he was just so cool, calm, and collected, and he taught me how to be that. Wow, so mentorship. Mentorship was very important. Mm -hmm. I also made sure that I took all the right classes, all the the extra professional development classes that they offered. I did all of those things, too. Yeah. I also worked hard. I came in early. I worked late. I gave it 110%. Mm -hmm. I never believe in that. Yeah, to find kids. Wow, mm-hmm. that's huge. Let me ask you this. So we know that finance, and especially you went from being a clerk to a VP, mm-hmm. and at every level, the faces change, right? Did you face any challenges, number one, as a woman, but number two, as a black woman, moving through the ranks in a finance industry who I'm sure at that time was predominantly Caucasian, right? And because it still is pretty much predominantly Caucasian, old, you know, older white men. Talk to us about that. Let me, can I, I want to share a story with you and the audience. If you I love stories. Yes. And I'm a master storyteller. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, say that again. You're a master storyteller. I'm a master storyteller. Story yes. I went to California, the Comerica Bank out of Detroit, they were starting to buy banks in California. And what they wanted is for someone who understood the operations in Detroit to be able to go out to California and convert their operations. Wow. So the first day I went into San Jose, California, I got off the plane, there was no one in San Jose in the airport who looked like me at all. I went to the hotel that they had me staying at. There was no one in the hotel. I even went downstairs to the kitchen. The five. There was no one in the hotel. And see who looked like me in San Jose, California. So this is in 1992. Mm -hmm. So my first day at work. Now remember, I know how to look. I had on the flyest navy blue suit you ever saw. I got a coach bag on my arm. You a coach coach bag. I got a coach okay. bag. Okay. okay. You you were fly fly. I was fly okay. fly. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> I stay at six feet tall in here. Yeah. Miss me. Right. I walked into this bank. They had they had talked to me on the phone, and my name is Laura, and I sound all nice, but they had never met me. Oh. Okay. I walked into the bank the very the very first day, and um the lady said. I am so glad you're here. She said, we've been having such a problem with that bathroom, and I'm glad that that they sent someone to be able to see about how these people are not cleaning up. And I looked at her, and I smiled, and I smiled. Can you repeat what she said again? Yeah, she said, I was so glad that you're here. We've been having problems with the bathrooms not being clean and the place not being clean, and I'm glad that they finally sent someone here to be able to take a look, you know, at this issue. She thought that I was part of the cleaning crew. Yeah. And I smiled at her uh-huh. and I said, I'm very sorry that you're having problems with the bathroom. Uh-huh. You know? And at some point we'll get that checked out. But right now, okay, I'm here to see Bill Hodges, who is the vice president. I said, my name is Laura Dorsey. I'm your new assistant vice president here from Detroit. And she turned as red as her hair. Ooh, and I said, like, like red as my dress? Red as your dress. And I said, um, I think that makes me your boss. Wow. Could you show me to my office? Yes. You gave all the magic. Yeah. All the magic. Wow. Without, without raising my voice. Yeah. Without raising your voice. Without raising my voice. Yeah, because you know, that's good. That's such a good lesson for Mm -hmm. us. Um, Right? Because I'm not sure if I would have handled that. (laughs) As well. Like, really? Like, yeah. You know, I probably would have been, I don't know. I don't know. Pastor Dorsey now. I'm not sure about that. But 
that was good. That was good, and I'm sure a huge teachable moment for her. For her. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because you still moved on. Yes. And, you know, and it didn't matter. You know, we've always been, we've all been in spaces where we're kind of the only. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, um, and... You know, have have there been times where you feel you have to um, like over uh, compensate, right? Because of being the only, because we cannot. Basically, it's we can't make mistakes because our mistakes are judged differently. Absolutely. You know, and I know that I can't make a mistake, especially in the finance industry. So that required me to come in earlier. The stock market opens at nine o'clock. I am always in my office at 7.30. I read the entire Wall Street, have a cup of coffee before the bell rings. By the time the bell rings at nine o'clock, I have to know in advance what's going on. I can't wait. Okay, when the bell rings at, you know, rings at four and the market is closed, I still got to balance out. We did $20 million worth of trades a day. I have to make sure that that is all balanced out to the penny, right? right? We cannot be off. Auditors come in and audit my department. We were one of the first departments to receive a 95% audit rating. Wow. That means that that was because I came in early. I worked late. I worked on Saturdays. You know, I took work off. I, you can't just... We, we were raised that you just can't be good. You can't. Okay. We can't be good. We have to be what? Better. Better right. the best. My grandma yeah. used to say good, better, best. Good, right. better, best. Yes. Absolutely. But it also puts us into an exhaustion yes. space, right? Because we have to, we have a whole nother level of thinking that has to happen mm-hmm. sometimes, unfortunately, right? In different spaces. What did, what did you do for yourself as a professional woman to help you um, emotionally navigate navigate that space and be emotionally intelligent as you move forward in a space that was predominantly white male? You know, um, I'm not sure if I can say what I did. Mm-hmm. The fact is, is that I had a fantastic support system. That's good. My husband, I guess I had, I'm married at the same time while I'm doing all of this. Mm-hmm. I have a husband. I, do, I have two children. I'm going back to get an advanced degree, going back to school. Yeah. <clears throat> my husband held me down. Yeah. Wow. wow. My husband held me down. I did not have to worry what was going on with my children. Yeah. You know, they went to school and they got picked up. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about dinner. I didn't have to worry about I could focus on my career, you yeah. know, because he did that. So every time I got a promotion, I wow. bought him something as a present oh. for his promotion. <laughs> that, that, that was smart. Right. That was smart. That, that was a good token. But I had a good balance. Yeah. Okay. That's and when I wasn't working, okay, my husband loved to go out. He loved to ballroom dance. And so on the evenings of the weekend, oh. I went out. We went ballroom Love dancing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. My husband. Help yeah. balance that out. So I could go in there and be crazy all day mm-hmm. and then come home. But when you came home, it was like, I didn't have to worry about anything. I didn't have to be on. You don't home. have to. Yes. Like, I don't want to have to be on all day mm-hmm. in different spaces and then come home and have to be, be on, on too, right? right? You know, and unfortunately, <laughs> that's what happens to not just women of color, but all women a lot of times. Absolutely. You know, unfortunately, um, some folks didn't have that husband and that mm-hmm. support system at home. But number one, having that support system, yeah. positive support system yeah. was really important. That yeah. helped you through, right? And 
And so even if it's not through your home, maybe having your girlfriends yeah. or your community relations, whatever those look like for you, have built some type of support system outside of work. Right. Right. You have to go somewhere where you don't have to be on. Yeah. You know, where you don't have to. You, you know, can just kind of be yourself. You can just yeah. be yourself. Oh, yourself. And that, and yeah. that was home. Uh huh. And that was home. That was home in my social life with my husband. That's so awesome. That is so awesome. So you have finance. You navigated that seventeen years, and then you went into education. You know what? And 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 you know the education was actually my passion and my first love. Mm. When I when I graduated from high school, I was supposed to go to college to be an elementary school teacher. Uh-huh. Okay. So because that's what my <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute, Professor Dorsey. I cannot see you. Right. And, and nobody yeah. else could either. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so after one semester I decided that I didn't like other people's bad little children. Oh, and this oh, was not did, a career did you call the children bad? Hey, bad little children. children. Bad little children. <laughs> <laughs> industry as opposed, as opposed to education mm-hmm. but um when i went to florida i went to florida because family is important too okay my grandmother was um, suffering with alzheimer's my mother said hey we need all family all hands on deck mm-hmm. to help take care of her so mm-hmm. we won't have to put her in a nursing home mm-hmm. i quit my job at the bank after 17 years wow packed up and moved to florida mm-hmm. well I absolutely couldn't get into the same industry mm-hmm. at the same level because Comerica didn't have a bank there. Wow. So I said, okay. I still was doing securities trading. I did it for IRA accounts. It was mm-hmm. another account. But I'm like, I'm going to go to school and get another degree. So as I was going to school to get another degree to put myself at a different level, mm-hmm. okay, I had some professors that were fantastic, amazing, uh-huh. good mentors. Uh-huh. But I'm not here, but. Okay. But I had some professors that talked. And, you know, that's the, the yeah. word that I can use for it. Yeah. And I said to one of my mentors, as I finished the bachelor's, going on to my master's, I said, what does it take to do their job? Because if they're doing their job, uh-huh. okay, and then it's bad, I can do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so she said, all you need is a master's degree. And I'm like, okay, what is that, another year and a half? Yeah. I've already done yeah. three or four standing on my head. Mm-hmm. I can do another year and a half. Yeah. But she mentored me through that mm-hmm. year and a half, mm-hmm. understanding that, you know, being a faculty member and being able to teach. Now, I don't have a degree in education. My degree is actually in business. Wow. You know, yeah. master's in organizational management. Because that's the world that I had come from. Yeah, yeah. But she taught me um, about education is about sharing. That's what I say. It's about sharing. Mm-hmm. And when it came to education, now when I first got into education, it was because somebody told me that I could make an extra $20,000 a year on top of my already $60,000, salary just by teaching one night a week. One wow. night a week, $20,000. But I found that I absolutely loved it. And I read somewhere, someone said, mm-hmm. if you, what's your passion? You know, if you work, mm-hmm. you know, if mm-hmm. you love what you do, you never have to work a day in yeah. your life. Yeah. Okay. Never really understood that concept until I got here. Yeah. And so they told me, passion, if you work every day, okay, and you do, you weren't working for the money, what would you do for free? Yeah. What is it that you would do yeah. for free? And I found out that education is what I do for free. I have been teaching at Sunday school. I have been doing junior achievement. You know, I love what I was doing as far as professor. I would do it for free. Thank goodness somebody was paying me for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I found that education. I believe that you 
much as given, much is required. And my educational journey in the business, and I thought it was my responsibility to pay it back, to be able to mentor other people I could told them to mentor me. And that's what education was about for me. So wonderful. So mentoring, support system, education, your passion, all of that. How else are you making mentor other people and all of that? Talk to the folks about infinite sound. And what you do with Infinite Scholars, what, what is Infinite Scholars? Infinite Scholars is a 501c3. It is an online organization. And what we do in uh, several terms is we facilitate scholarship figures. Now, let me explain to you that a scholarship figure is a little bit different than a college figure. Okay, I realized early on that students needed money to go to college. The majority of students were dropping out of college and dropping out because of finances that they couldn't afford. Remember, I understand the banking and the finance industry. How do we help them? So, back in the day when people had money, students would actually go to different colleges. All oh, remember the college tours that they were doing. Mm -hmm. so, like, money's getting scarce now. You can't, no one can take some students or whatever to 10, 15, 20 different colleges to be able to check on them and see. So, if the students need colleges and the college needs students, why don't we bring them all together? So, if in the summer brings 20 or 30 different colleges into a particular region, we do 27 across the country, and we get my high school students that are graduating from there and bring them right in there to talk to the colleges. Right then and there, if you have all the right credentials, but college will offer you a scholarship, you don't have to write an essay, you don't have to wait for it or whatever. Right now, wow. wow, the infinite scholars, I love that. And what do you do with them? I know you serve on their board. I actually, I'm on their board of directors, and I'm also the South, Southeast Regional Vice President. And as the Southeast Regional Vice President, I help facilitate the majority of the fairs in Florida. So we have five fairs in the um, state of Florida. We have more fairs in Florida than we do anywhere else in the country, which is $30. Uh, <laughs> so but um, we have grown Florida. We have been, I've been doing it since 2008. So we have grown Florida, Florida from one fair in 2008 to we have five fairs now. So. That's so awesome. It's, it's an amazing, amazing program. Wow. So I love to talk about community impact. And that is a huge piece of community impact. How has serving on the board helped to build you professionally? How has that, that, that community impact helped to build you up? Well, serving on the board actually puts, you know, I'm so used to that professional level, that corporate level, being able to do that. But being on the board actually means that not only do I cope with infinite scholars as far as facilitating the organization, but I actually get to speak about infinite scholars out in the community. Okay. When I'm out in the community, I get to talk a lot about infinite scholars as a board member. I have a say so in how things are run. Yeah. And that's so much important. We talk about having a seat at the table. Yeah. That's what being on the board does. It gives you a seat at the table. And so if you, you know, we talk about how many fairs are in Florida, and that's because I have a seat at the table. Yeah. I'm able to push, uh -huh. I'm able to ask, uh -huh. I'm able to actually demand. Wow. So you're sharpening your skills as you're doing this because the more you do something, you're going to get better at it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, yes. So that's why I believe in community impact and volunteering. It can build your resume and build your skills just as good or even better than your actual job sometimes.
archives because you have the leverage in the community and your volunteerism and you you have your your own leverage and your own time to be able to build and put more time into something and so i love it I love it. I think that's a great idea. And the, the, the thing about Infinite Scholars for community effort mm -hmm. is that if it's your passion, you love it. So yeah. I, I I work very hard at Infinite Scholars, but it's not work. Yeah, you know, yeah. every time a student walks, for, you know, gets a scholarship, every time we announce another scholarship, mm -hmm. all the work that it took to get to that place or whatever, mm -hmm. I just sit back and smile. Yeah, you know. So and awesome. when they do the statistics at the end of the night, mm -hmm. and they said, you know, we're 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 in Orlando, Florida, you know, at Evans High School, you know, we've given away. $8.9 million worth of scholarships in a four hour, you know, you can't help but think, <laughs> I did good. Whether good. no one says it or not, yeah. I did good. You did good. It, you it touches you. It touches you, you right there. there, right? Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Transition. Yeah. You know, I, I love that word. I just love the word transition, and I think that there's so much more to discover about it when you think about it because we all have different um, uh, transitions in our lives. Some small, some big. Mm -hmm. I think you have gone through a large, or you're going through a large transition. You're at the peak of moving from Florida to the DMV. You're starting a business. You just retired not too long ago. All of that. And congratulations on your new business. Well, kind of a newbie, yeah. a, a newly formed business, LLD Consulting, all of that. First, we're going to talk about transition, and then we're going to finish up the conversation talking about LLD Consulting okay. and what you're looking to do now and get started now here in the DMV. Okay. So transition. What does that look like? You know, the thing about transition is that everything that they say about it is true. It is not easy. Yeah. Okay. So transition has to start as a mindset. Wow. As a mindset. You know, before you actually do the physical transition, right. it has to start as a mindset. Right. The transition from Detroit to California mm -hmm. had to start as a mindset before the actual wow. yeah. from California to Florida. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, quitting my job, being able to help with family, mm -hmm. had to start as a mindset. Yeah, I even that. the transition from Florida here mm -hmm. to the DMV yeah. had to be a mindset. Yeah, okay? and trust and believe, it wasn't a mindset, and it wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. And you have to take, you know, take a look at everything. But my mother once told me that if you take a piece of paper and you draw a line down the middle and you write all the pros on one side and the cons on the other side, if the pros outweigh the cons, then maybe that's the direction that you need to go with. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've done with the majority of my transitions. I do the pros and the cons. Yeah. Because the yeah. move to DMV was a pro for me. Yeah. You know, being close to family in Florida, you know, everything was changing. You know, mm -hmm. my mother, my grandmother was gone. Well, the reason I went there, my mother had passed away. My husband had passed away. Right. You know, right. my I had no immediate family mm -hmm. right there in Orlando. Okay. And again, family is important. Right. You know, and especially if I get older, ready to retire. So <laughs> well, I, I don't know about that because it's looking for your for your age professor for all of the things that so, you've done. But one of the things is that the transition and the thing that's making this transition easy is the same thing that made my life easy 
see a Detroit is the support system. It's support. Okay. Mm -hmm. My daughter is a huge proponent of supporting me through this transition. And your daughter's here in the DMV, My right? daughter's here in the yeah. DMV, okay. which is one of the reasons that I'm here. So yeah. my daughter, my extended family, yeah. you know, is here. And um, that is what they're doing. And she is my greatest cheerleader. She's like, Mommy, you can do anything you want to do from anywhere. You don't yeah. have to do whatever it is you do. You can do it from anywhere. a little closer to me, Professor Dorsey. Yeah, come a little closer to me. There, there you go. We yeah. want to see your face a little bit. I, I think the angle may have been off, but she's still here with us. Yeah. And, um, and you talked about that mindset of transition. Yeah. And it takes a minute to cultivate that mindset, right? Absolutely. Because at first we're like, oh gosh, we don't want to do that. Right. But it's so important because a lot of times what we resist the most is what's best for us, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. Isn't that something? So now you are like in the DMV. <laughs> we welcome you. We welcome you You know, we will get you going with some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. You know, um, I remember when I first moved here from New York, and I would drive to New York probably every weekend or every other weekend. Mm -hmm. And then something, a light bulb just went off, and I was like, what am I doing? I don't live here anymore. Let me mm -hmm. just take a chill and start to acclimate myself into the area. And the more I did that, and the more I did that, I discovered more and more. And I'm still discovering more about Maryland that I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. But one, it's smack dab in the middle of my family in New York, family and friends in New York, and then my family and friends, my mom being in Florida. So it's like smack dab in the middle of the right. details. But that initial transition was like, what am I doing? Am I even doing the right thing? Um, but at every point of transition, it's this whole like push and pull, push and pull. And it almost seems like you're chugging up this hill, chugging up this hill. And then when you get to the hill, you're at that mountaintop or the top of that hill. You're like, okay, now I can see clear. Yeah. And so you're seeing clear now. I'm seeing clearly now. Okay. So, and the one thing that helps with the transition mm -hmm. is that I'm a very analytical person. Uh -huh. you know? And so the thing that helps you with trans transition is taking the emotion out of it. Okay. Oh, wow. You've yeah. got to be able to, you know, analyze it, you know, making yeah. sure that it works. I'm not going to say there's no emotion and I'm never going to yeah. say there is probably a day when I'm going, really? Like I, <laughs> and like this, when the winter comes mm -hmm. and I haven't seen snow since 1992, um, may not be a very happy camper, yeah. but I'm going to remind myself that that's why I'm here. <laughs> she's, loving the, she's loving the DMV now, yeah. but we haven't showed her snow yet. Yes. So the spring and the summer here is beautiful, right? Oh,
And uh, just to recap, we talked about in the first segment about Professor Laura Dorsey journeying from finance, 17 years in finance, some of her challenges as being sometimes being the only woman, but also woman of color in certain financial spaces. And what a great story you told about the lady who thought that you were uh, the cleaning lady one day, right? Yeah, in California, poor baby. She had a huge, not you, I'm sure she had a huge teachable moment that day. Um, And we talked about you, how you moved to Florida for family. Um, You decided to do that and you made that transition. And then now you have transitioned here to the DMV. And um, and I want folks to know about your business ventures in your retirement. This yet again transition. We finished up with talking about transition. And so now LLD Consulting, capturing your voice, expanding your reach. Tell us about LLD Consulting. LLD Consulting um, was born out of both my passions. Okay. Being in business and actually being a professor. Okay. So as a professor for the University of Phoenix, one of the things that I did is that I taught writing. And I found out that not not only did my students need writing, Mm -hmm. but I had friends who needed writing too. Yeah. So one of my um, girlfriends called, and her husband is Bob Beeman. Okay. And he became my first client. The Olympic gold medalist. Bob Beeman, the Olympic gold medalist. Beeman. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Whose record still stands 50 years later. Wow. Okay. So a long time wow. in Mexico City in 1968. Mm-hmm. Bob was running a youth program, and he said, I need someone to write the curriculum for my youth program. Okay. I did that. Wow. For the youth program. Mm-hmm. He was so amazed so that he said, can you write um, part of the business plan for my business? Mm-hmm. I absolutely did that. Yeah. He said, I need to do a speech, you know, yeah. somewhere, and uh-huh. I wrote that. Uh-huh. He said, Laura is fantastic. So he told his friends, you know, Frank has a, you know, it's his attorney, you know, Laura, I need a letter written. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we kept on doing that. And as I was in Florida, Lena Graham Morris said to me, Laura, this is a business. And I was like, no, I'm not an entrepreneur. Uh, I just write. Okay. You know? uh, I just write. She's like, yeah. can you get paid for it? Yes. Yeah. You know? She said, then that's a business. Then that's a business. Yeah. yeah. And so she hired me also. And so I did a lot what of What does Lena do again? Lena is the entrepreneurista. Entrepreneurista. Okay. I love it. 
two-page profile, so I was very excited yeah. about that. But also on the back of this magazine is a real estate agent who needed an advertising bio written so that she could be able to put it in advertising. And so they came to me uh, and said, can we write this for her? Mm -hmm. The cover story for this particular magazine mm -hmm. required an interview for several different members of different businesses, talking mm -hmm. about partnering a business ship. And so I do the interviews, I, you know, with everyone, and wow. I like the story. I'm the master storyteller. I'm a master storyteller. And, you know, I just really paid attention to the cover of this one, the power and partnership. Yes. You know how much I believe in collaboration yes, and relationships and all of that, because none of this work can be done alone. Right. None of this work can be done alone. And that's what the story was that yeah. I actually wrote. Wow. That's so awesome. Yeah. I am that's very excited so about awesome. yeah. Well, we're excited to have you here in the DMV. We know that Florida has been good to you. Yeah. Um, but the DMV is going to be um, good at that level. All right. And, and the next level of your life. You know, they were good for that level. Uh -huh. And so now, you know, we get to have you for this level. But as you hear, she does have some pretty um, uh, great clients, strong clients. So you guys better get her while she can. <laughs> while you can. You can actually find IBA Success Magazine online. Yes. Right? Um, and then you can find Professor Laura Dorsey at www.lauradorsey.net. Yes. Okay. Professor Laura Dorsey, Master Storyteller, LOD Consulting, Capturing Your Voice, Expanding Your Reach. For me as a visionary, uh, and for those of you who are visionaries out there and love to write, I love to write, but I don't want to be bothered with the other part of it. Uh, we need folks like you. So thank you for using your gift in that way. Um, you know, I want to be able to just write and then give it to somebody that you can trust with your baby. That's the other piece of this. You're writing, you know, I remember, um, um, as you know, I just contributed to an anthology in the past several months. And um, I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to give this to somebody. But we want to be able to give our writing and our, our baby to somebody that we can trust who understands the story and who can take the story to another level and be able to utilize that for us to expand our reach. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah. yeah. For those who don't want to write or are not sure exactly what yeah. it is, mm -hmm. okay, it's capture your voice. So whether you're talking to me, whether you put something down on writing and say, can you massage it to put it together? So whether it's for a speech, whether it's for mm -hmm. an article, for a book, whether it's for a nomination, right. you know, whether it's for a press release, right. whatever it is, I can capture your voice and being able to take your voice and actually put it in words. Yes. Yeah. And that. if you've already written it, I'm a fantastic editor too. Yeah. That comes from being a professor for 20 years. Uh, uh, oh gosh, I bet you there's a lot of red lines. Uh, yeah. A lot of red lines. I'm afraid you're green for growth. Oh, green for growth? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm afraid you're red. I'm sure your students appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> wow. So as you all know, Can You See Me? Women Leadership in Race is a podcast, a platform to elevate the voices of women from all types of backgrounds, socioeconomic status, uh, different races and cultures. And so to be able to sit down with Professor Laura Dorsey, who has had such a wealth of um, knowledge and, and relationship building, 17 years in finance, many other years in education, being a professor, um, all of that, and then now transitioning into her retirement years and starting her own business.
entire man. So we have no excuses, y'all. You want something, you have an idea, you better go out there and get it done. It doesn't matter how what your age is. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what you don't know. Just get out there and start somewhere. Start networking with some folks. There's power in partnerships, y'all. You know that's so important. And so I just want to thank you all for joining us today and for listening. And thank Professor Dorsey for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. This is good. We had some technical difficulties. You guys, if you're here in part two, because this is part two, make sure you listen to part one. Part one is um, about 30 minutes long, and you'll hear my full interview with Professor Dorsey. And then this is just to wrap it up. You all can find her again at www.lauradorsey.net. L-A-U-R-A-D-O-R-S-E-Y.net. Thank you so much. Say have a good day.